Welcome to UBU Pod. Here you'll meet incredible people who tell us about their rich and interesting lives, of being visible, of working through challenges, and of coming out the other side. There's so much power in people's stories, and as a curious person, I love finding out how people tick. I'm your host, Megan Hamilton. I'm a speaking, visibility, and confidence coach, and I help you be you. And welcome to another episode of UBU Pod. I am here with Liz Solar, who I was also a guest on her podcast. If you received my newsletter, you would have received that information. So Liz is a voice actor, coach, and writer. She helps clients elevate their brand and enhance their image through storytelling. She also helps reluctant speakers discover their voice to present in genuine and compelling ways. Words matter, and Liz believes in a little more conversation. She's the host of the Embark podcast for creators, innovators, and change makers, and is a curator and contributor for the writer's website, Acts of Revision. She lives in greater Boston with her husband and the fabulous golden doodle, Jesse, her studio manager. Welcome, Liz. Hello. So great to see you again, Megan. Very so excited. great to see you again. I know. I'm so happy to have you here. We had to, uh, we had to, we had to try a few times for this. We did with third time's a charm. <laughs> yeah. Life, eh? Life, life happens. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but we're here, and this is a wonderful thing. This is a good way for me to spend my afternoon. Me too. That's as I've, you know, I've said this before many times. That's the whole reason I set up this podcast to be the way it is. I mean, I could have done sort of instructive episodes about different vocal techniques or you know things like that, but I'm really, and I feel like people learn from stories. And you, you know, as you even mentioned here, you love storytelling, right? I do. Yes. Yeah. So I was a little one. Yeah. Yeah. So let's dive into you're a voiceover actor. Did you go yes. to theater school? I did not. You didn't? I, no, I was a journalism and English major. So everything was about writing. Oh. So my there's a little sidestepping I might do, but my senior year, I had never even considered doing, I mean, this is kind of crazy these days, never considered doing an internship. And there was a, a couple of internships opened at local radio stations. So I went and I had to basically oh, audition it. for, right? I had to audition for my internship and I ended up working in the newsroom of editing, you know, before it was like little AP on like those reel to reels, like the old reel to reel. Yeah, you know, like actual cutting. Tape. Yeah, real <laughs> tape. We're really taping. And I would write wraparounds for, um, I worked afternoons and I would work on writing little wraparounds headlines for the stories that they would use for the next morning's newscast. And this was like a rock and roll radio station when they still had news, like both morning right. and afternoon news. Right. So it's like, way way back when but I loved it I loved the people in radio who someone once uh, described as the island of misfit toys from like Rudolph the red Nose reindeer <laughs> totally <laughs> they were did wacky. you know my husband is a morning show radio host no I didn't yeah. how cool yeah. is that that was he a shock jock or is like no no he's um well he, he is he's he changed 
watched a few different times, but this station is sort of, um, uh, what do you call it even? Popular, like pop, I guess, top 40 stuff. Yeah. Okay. Have, have yeah. worked out. I mean, it's a nomadic, it's a nomadic existence. So, and, and it you is. could be working in one, st- <laughs> it could be top 40 today and tomorrow it will be classical. Well, exactly. So this one, this one was a format change. And even before that, he was doing uh, alternative music. But anyway, anyway, Mm -hmm. but yeah, so I know what you mean about the Island of Misfit Toys. Like it's, it's such a, it's such a neat community that I never knew existed until, until he got into it. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's fun. I haven't been in it for quite some time. It's a changing medium and mm-hmm, not, yeah. not as fun as it used to be I don't think but there might but be as a senior pockets. in high school oh that, no I was a senior in college in college I was a senior in even college still, yeah that would have been that would have been so fun I mean what a place to be at that time in your life you know no money in it but you could get all the free <laughs> the, the really cool albums when they used to like press images into the vinyl and um yeah. you know got free oh, cool. concert tickets and like you were like the coolest girl on yeah. your block right yeah. right yeah oh i love it yeah so that so you were doing internship there and did you get to do on-air stuff too that came later i i ended up working as a as a copywriter, as an ad copywriter in a couple of my first radio jobs. And I would work for the promotions department. And one day they're always using, I mean, you know, if you know anything about radio, they're always pulling someone in to do voices or characters or whatever. And they <laughs> had this one station and it's Kiss 108. It's still operational. It's been around for, I don't know, 40, 45 years is like the pop station, the teeny bopper station. And they needed a Miss Kiss. They needed to give away, you know, walk up to somebody and go, you just won $1,000 for saying Kiss 108. So I would be Miss Kiss going around spreading, you know, warm feelings and cash. And that's wow. how I started that's the, that's, doing on air work. That's the best job in the world. Oh, like, my God. Here's $1,000. Thank you. Right. So, so, (laughs) and and at the time I'm like, oh my God, this is so lame. I'm miskissed because I was one of these girls. I wasn't really a sorority girl or Mm -hmm. like beauty pageant girl, like any of that stuff. I wasn't a girly, girly girl. So um, it seemed like, oh, Miss Kiss. But it was, it was a launching point. And I got into um, being on the air full time doing at one point I had a talk show, you know, so it's, (laughs) I can see that. So it was really sure. fun. It, it was it was a fun trajectory, and I wish that the business um, continued to be what it was, but it it evolved. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's it's sim- it's, it seems to be on a similar trajectory to the music industry, where there's just so many changes, and there's a lot of evolution. And I, I think it's, as you say, it's in the middle of a big one that um, hopefully will find its footing. Because, you know, I mean, if you go in a store, or the dentist, or if you've got a morning commute, you're listening to the radio. You are. And what I think people who have translated and thought, we're going to put this programming on the internet, or we're going to stream it, or, you know, we're going to find a digital format for this, they're totally missing the boat, because it's not about, 
it, it's it's not about the delivery system, although it's kind of become that. It's what are you offering? And one of the things that I think broadcasting is now overlooking is the the local element. Who are you talking to? One of the things I I was that child. People had stuffed animals. I had a transistor radio that I put under my pillow at night and I would listen to this, this very cool DJ. I mean, I probably should have known then that this is where I was heading. And I just thought she was the coolest person in the world, but she was, first of all, she had this like really fabulous smoky voice. She probably like smoked a couple packs of cigarettes a day and drank bourbon. I mean, she just had this like cool voice. She, um, you know, knew where all the cool concerts were. She went to the clubs every night. There's not that sense of people who are curating music and finding new personalities and that, that which yes. can only come from like a really thriving local music scene because that's contracted the great clubs that we yep. used to have with like beer spilled on the floor. Like you'd be sticking to that floor because there's beer on the floor. Um, but, but you would find that little gem of a band that might become famous, but probably not, but, but really fed the, it, it fed the culture of the city. It, totally. It, and, you know, I think for us anyway, here in Kingston, Ontario, we have CFRC, which is the Queens university oh station yeah and the campus stations are still doing it and they're cool and I, you know i love my listeners mo many of you will likely know this already that i'm a musician as well and so you know i'll go there when i've got something new and talk to people and uh and they're always they're always on the site Not, i mean you know like before the pandemic when stuff was happening right. bands coming through will go on and do interviews with with the local hosts and that's that's um that's how we find out about what's happening outside of the mainstream uh and i love that it still happens but it, it is like does. there's you talk about there was no money in radio like there's no money in community radio there's like really no money like it's it sucks because it's so awesome and you're getting, again, going back to storytelling, you're getting real stories of real people who live in this community that you don't see in our regular news outlets uh, and you get a real sense of community. It's very community building because it's community oriented, right? That's, that's the, yeah. You know, it's all about connection. And music, mm -hmm. I think it's a great connector. Theater is a great connector. You know, we're all sharing this experience in the same moment. We're listening to a song. And even if we're not in the same room together, we're hearing it. And that's bringing us together and making us feel less alone, more involved, more connected to each other. And a lot of that is missing. And having somebody supporting that, you know, that DJ or that announcer, what they're doing is they're being the host They're This is what I have to offer you. And that's, that's sort of my idealized version of what radio or what any media, you know, whether it's YouTube, it doesn't really matter. Who is this person bringing you in? Nobody's ever stuck around a radio station or a television station because of the snappy way somebody delivered call letters. They're, <laughs> right. It's like, oh, but it's the way they it's it's like that WNBC, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> Howard Stern thing. Nobody cares about that. What they care about is 
what do you have to like nobody's going to ever remember howard stern for uh you know the way he said call letters i mean he actually made fun of that people <laughs> talked about him because he is whether you like him or not he is a great interviewer mm -hmm. and he mm -hmm. pulls stories out of people and that's you know sitting around the fire we just want to hear that story and let's talk about story because i think you know in terms of what i'm what i like to uh talk about a lot in 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 terms of my career with visibility and confidence and lately i've been coaching a lot of entrepreneurs mm. it makes sense i'm also an entrepreneur i understand the mindset there's there's a lot of visibility and confidence that comes with marketing and one of the biggest struggles for people and you'll likely know this as well is telling their story authentically oh, right cannot like, stress that enough that is that is the thing it's the thing i will put down several thousand dollars from following somebody on instagram and knowing because they are telling me truthfully and i i can sniff it out and i've followed along enough long enough to know i know you're my person and i want to work with you and here's my money let's do this right but you can't fake it you can't fake it i mean there are people who do there are people who get away with it for a while i'm not sure that you can sustain that because and i i've got to insert this in here there's something about everybody talking about be authentic and of course we want that i mean that's a that's a legitimate thing i feel like it's one of those words that have been abused it's brene brown everybody loves brene brown she's and and i do and yes I, you know i assume you do who how can you not she's amazing but she brought the word to the forefront right. and then it became overused right as, as in vulnerability too and of course we want people to be vulnerable but i have a friend who's an actor and she says i use vulnerable to mean open i'm open and i'm permeable i thought i really like that because it's yeah. not just because people are often afraid to say oh i don't i don't want to show this side to me and and i think you must i think if you're trying to like role model for somebody or be, be a leader you have to show that you have that that side that's not not weak i think it's it's the opposite of weakness to show that you're vulnerable i think that you're showing like it's not like uh, yes i'm smiling in the picture on the website looks very happy and like my hair's i'm having a great hair day so i look really together but that's really not the reality of me and we're much more likely to embrace somebody when we we know their flaws we know that they have to have a flaw they have a pulse but yeah. we can still see that that thing about them that does make them a leader you know whether it's a thought or you know an idea or a movement that they that they lead or cause i love that i want to take a quick break and come back and let's uh let's talk about what makes a good leader yeah okay we'll be right back
You want to be authentic. You want to be confident. You want to be engaging. You want to be strong. And you want to be visible. Welcome to Dynamic Presence. Dynamic Presence is a three-month, one-to-one coaching experience that allows you to learn, grow, and embrace the kind of presence you never thought possible in six one-hour-long sessions. We work on goal and intention setting. You'll have shadow work tailored to your specific needs and speaking and visibility training and coaching. I also give you accountability and action management while cheering you on the whole time. Are you ready to improve your speaking and leadership skills and to become more authentic? Head over to ubuskills.com and click the work with me page to learn more about how dynamic presence can change your life. And we are back with Liz Solar. And before the break, we were starting to talk about leadership. And this is this is something that I'm very interested in. And a lot of my clients come to me for, you know, uh, executive presence, right? How to build your executive presence. And a lot of times people think, I have to learn how to be perceived as confident. I have to learn how to be perceived as strong, decisive, all of these things that, you know, arguably up until recently, we've, we've all sort of believed a good leader looks and sounds like, and they're shocked. They want to, they want to lower the pitch of their voice. And maybe you get this too. They're shocked when I say, okay, what we're going to actually do is learn a little bit more about you. You're going to learn more about yourself and then you're just going to be that person. And here's also some skills right? I'm going to show you how to stand. I'm going to show you how to speak supportively. I'm going to show you how to do X, Y, Z. But really what what the, the most important part of this is for you to get super real with who you actually are. That's the hardest thing. You, you know, when you see the hardest. Yeah. there's an actor on, uh, you know, guest starring on a, a TV show as themselves, right? <laughs> Okay. And there's nothing more painful than watching this person trying to embody who they really are, you know, playing the part, playing the role of themselves is themselves. And and yet you feel like, oh, there's something really disconnected about that person. And right. It's a disease from which we all suffer. You know, well, if it's me, it can't be good. You know, it's that mm-hmm. negative talk that, you know, it's on permaloop. Mm, I'm yeah. not worthy. And I too, Megan, have done some of the same work in terms of um, executive presence. And it's, oh man, you know, talking to people one-to-one, having a conversation like this, and then seeing them present and, you know, the head just goes into the hands, like what happened to that lovely, delightful person I was just speaking to because they changed into somebody who's really guarded and afraid and so controlled so controlled and okay so leadership traditionally let's say up until this past century we've mostly associated leadership with masculine traditionally masculine qualities right deep voice strong booming voice very decisive 
uh, lots of debate technique, right? Lots of, uh, lots of tools for how to have a conversation. I just took a, an amazing workshop with Trudy LeBron, um, how to sort of like, how to uncover your inherent racism as a coach. It was amazing. Mm. And it even go, yeah, it even goes back to uh, that Wayne Dwyer book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, right? No, that is, oh, who is it? How to Win Friends and Influence People. That's yeah. like even Oh, is before. it Dale Carnegie? Dale Carnegie. Thank oh, you. Oh, yeah. Okay. We got the Between wrong. the yeah. two of us, we got that together. Yeah. Oh, I keep I keep messing it up. I don't know why. But anyway, it doesn't matter. And so all of that book, right? What is it? The 30s or the 40s? Mm -hmm. All of that was tactics. None of it is communication. And that's the thing. It's win friends. So you, you disarm people by making them feel special. You uh, point out your own mistakes before you point out theirs. And, uh, and, and this has been, and business, you know, when you're professional, we also associate that with not being emotional. Uh, and so you, you have this vision of a leader who is, again, traditionally male, probably like a bigger uh, person, size-wise, deep voice, domineering, charismatic, and razor sharp with the tactics. And completely inauthentic. <laughs> I mean, like maybe not, but gen generally. And this is this is what I this is how I always figured that Trump got in. We see this as what a leader is, and he's so sort of you know over the top in it that people just think that means better leader. Well, we feel there are some people who, and I'm sure you've seen this in your work with people. You're trying to get information from them. You are asking them questions. You're looking to them to come to a realization on their own, which are the ones that are long lasting. Those are the ones mm -hmm. that stick. And mm -hmm. they're saying, well, Megan, you tell me. I just want somebody to tell me what to do. Right. And so I think the model for some time is we want somebody to just tell us what to do. And what yeah. happens is we lose all sense of what we want. And we, we become followers. And we do it digitally now. Who's going to follow? They might be right or wrong, but they're coming out in, you know, especially with all this Facebook stuff about the more kind of outrageous you are and the more misinformation that's out there, there's more engagement. So the engagement is what, you know, brings this groundswell of recognition and then it gets liked. Mm -hmm. Not because it has an intrinsic value, not because it's serviceable to you or me, it's because it's out there and it's popular. You know, it's, we... I think in some ways we have um, we have the leaders and the role models that we deserve. For so long, <laughs> we have loved reality TV stars. Like there's some real, like a, you know, real estate, you know, HGTV and Food Network all day long. That's, you know, I, I love that stuff. But what I'm talking about are the real housewives of hell. You know, the... <laughs> 
let's go to the outback reaches of the country and make fun of people who don't have the same level of education or you know, the same uh, access to opportunities that we do. And let's make fun of them. And some of them mm -hmm. are children. And, and that's well, like we are bullying on this uh, really insidious level. And, and the communication is not good. And then we're like, I don't know how we I don't know how we elected some of our officials. Well, it's because we paved a way for that to be acceptable bit by bit by not wanting to engage in real conversation because you know it's the lazy way out to just sit back and watch some of this stuff and either have this uh schadenfreude about well at least that's not me or you know oh yeah there's nothing yeah right so we we yeah. have this you know it it really has prevented any kind of meaningful conversation or leadership because now we can just let's make fun of something dismiss it gaslight about it yeah. I, yep. I'm sorry. I don't mean to get into a whole. Um, oh, but you're right. It's it's that's that's it. And that's that is what a lot of people recognize as a leader. Right. Yes. yes. But let's talk. OK, let's we could, you know, and before we started recording today, we got into <laughs> we got into it about <laughs> the topic you yes. know the c word yeah and uh and then we decided to try to veer away from that and stay stay on the positive <laughs> track so i think what i'd love to talk about and i know this is interesting to you is how do we have meaningful conversations because conversations are your jam right you love even in your bio you talk about um you believe in a little more conversation yes i so do <laughs> why let's talk about that um i don't know there's just something at a certain point in my life i would just start striking up conversations with people i'd be like that crazy lady in cvs like hey what do you got in your basket but, <laughs> but, but what, what i noticed I is that it. you have a conversation with somebody like you know you're behind them in whole foods or you're at the post office and everybody's waiting and sighing deeply or you know walking down the street and people are like my day sucks and if you say, hey, how's it going? Or just like smile at them and wave their hand and people will walk away and say, that just made my day. Or, mm -hmm. you know, hey, like awesome scarf you're wearing. That's that's great. Um, you don't have to make it a big thing, but people want to be seen and heard, understood. We all just want to be acknowledged. That's kind of like, like the basic need that we have is to be seen and be appreciated for for that for who we are in that little moment and all yeah. these little interactions i don't know who these people are i don't know what they believe i don't know what their po political persuasion is i know nothing about them but to probably just, for the best right <laughs> well may, maybe but maybe that opens up something that you know this the world is a friendlier place than i thought you know, the world is a more accepting yeah. place than I thought. And yeah. it's, it's little, I, I, I feel like we're in a moment where we feel like we have to do big things to mm. make things better. But I think that there are tiny, you know, we can't be, we can't evangelize, you know, to the entire world. Most of the time we, we have very, you know, small platforms, most of us. So where can we do the most good? Or there was someone I, I met and we have as we continued speaking, and I know him through podcast groups, we are 
completely different in the way we relate to our politics and some of the policies. But what we discovered is we share so many basic values, human values. Mm -hmm. And it's remarkable to me that we can have these very different ways of expressing. I'm a little left of very left of center. Um, and, and, and that's okay. And I, you know, I am proud of that. I don't apologize for that. But the one thing that we have each done is listen to each other. We can disagree all we want, but it is the active listening. And we don't see it in our leaders. Our leaders don't listen. You know, we elect leaders who don't listen to at all the, the, the needs of the people. And that, that makes them, in my opinion, regardless of what they believe, th that makes them poor leaders. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's a time not, there's a time to do what you know is right and not test the wind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, mm -hmm. but, but I think a lot of distrust has been stoked because people aren't really listening. If yeah. you can't, if you can't hear me and I elected you, dude. What the hell? Right. But right. I, and I, and I think, I think that not listening and just acting and doing stuff is also traditionally what we've, what we've thought of as a good leader, right? Well, it is. I mean, part of it is, Megan, we have also come to this zero sum place. And I think perhaps as human beings, we do that anyway throughout history, but it's one thing or the other. What if it could be a mixture of both? Yeah. What, what if we could listen and, and then act when sometimes you really do have to. And there are things that are happening. I know I'm in the States here in Canada, things that are happening in our government where people are like, just step in and do it and, you know, fix this thing. But there's a whole swath of people who feel like that's not right action or that is, uh, you know, bad precedent setting. So we're always weighing that, you know, how much do we stand back and let it happen, whatever that thing is? And when do we intercede for what we perceive and or believe is the greater good? Yeah. This, this is going in a very different direction than I thought. So. I know. No, but I mean, it's fascinating because I think, it, you know, it really is all the same. It's a person and another person trying to figure it out. Yeah. Right? Right. I mean, and like, if it's the prime minister and, you know, somebody in rural Saskatchewan just trying to understand each other. Or if it's uh, you and me sitting here talking about storytelling and communication and how to use your voice. Or, you know, I don't know if it's a boss and, a, and a, an employee. It's all, it's all relating and it's all, uh, or it should be anyway. And, and, you know, I love how you talked about active listening because... You know, and why don't you define active listening just, you know, so that we're all on the same page? I think for me, active listening is to listen to understand rather than, okay, I've got this idea, you know, 
sometimes we're standing with someone having that conversation and they're speaking and we're zoning out. We're like, okay, you know, when it's my turn, I'm just going to cut in there and say what I think. So it becomes this competition of monologues rather than an an actual dialogue. So I want to, I want to respect, I want to respond to you in a way that shows you that I understand so that we're advancing the conversation rather than now we're either in a circular argument, which happens like, you're not listening to me. You're not listening to me. Um, You know, and there's a ton of that going on or the fact that we might miss something being offered to us. You know, while we're trying to think of a response, we might be totally missing something that is really beautiful um, or serviceable to 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 us personally, people are offering that. And you were talking about the people that you work with, and and helping them so much. We think about how am I coming across? How am I going to look confident? Instead of thinking, what do I have to tell this person in this moment now that communicates something that is important to them, that connects to them. And so it's always in you from your acting background, it's always offering something to someone else. I love it because this entire time that you've been talking, I have been listening, but I've been also translating it to, so I, I also teach at our local college and I teach a course mm-hmm. called uh, Acting for Real Life. And so I use old theater uh, exercises to help these students learn how to um, how to communicate. And so, you know, you talk about offering. One of the one of the things that we do, we, we learn improv and it's to develop your listening skills and to build communication. And we do the yes and exercise, which is sort of the fundamental basics of uh, basis of of improv. So you it's accepting offers and building, right? You know, you, you can't, you have to participate and you have to build this thing that you're creating. We have to say yes, because we have to accept the offer. So somebody has offered you something. It's some piece of a story. You right. accept the offer and build on it. So it's yes and, and then we do Meisner technique. Do you know the Meisner technique? I do. And uh, uh, yeah. what I love about that is not only do you have to listen to what's being said and repeat it, you have to listen to the emotional change underneath. You have to yeah. listen to subtext. Yeah. Which totally. is totally right. Yes. And they don't get it at first. They, they want to, they want to play with it and they want, and I'm like, we don't do that until we try this the fourth time. Right now you need to listen to what the person has said and repeat it back exactly you know the musicality the the um the tones the inflections that's what you repeat back because you need to hear exactly how the person has said it anyway it's so fascinating that um the very stuff that we're talking about that helps you really learn how to uh how to how to be with somebody in a productive and meaningful way. Well, for for instance, and it's applicable to right every part of our lives. Yeah. As a voice actor, if you're with a director, right, and you've worked with directors who say, "Okay, um, here's here's the line. Um, I'm fine. Come on in." 
and they yeah. want you, you know, okay, but, but you're harried and you have to convey a sense of, of, you know, frustration, you know, I'm fine. Come on in, you know, or, yeah. Yeah. you know, like you're having a great day. I'm fine. Come on in. So mm -hmm. it's that being able to interpret the, the mood and, and being able to read the mood, you know, yeah. it, it, when you're talking in front of a bunch of people, or even if it's one person, you have to be able to read the room. How's that being, you know, in some ways you are being a detective in the moment. How is this being received? Is this like, I just made a joke. Didn't feel like it landed. Perhaps I offended somebody. I need yep. to, I need to be able to shift. So really good communication is also being present enough in the moment that you're able to read the room or read the temperature of, excuse me, the temperature of the person that you're involved with in the time that you're, you're yeah. speaking to them, right? Yes. Yep. And it's very similar to active listening. It's, it's a, it's a, it's active observation, right? Right. It's really taking in and also the ability uh, to have empathy to a certain degree so that you're able to quickly think, okay, well, what where's this person coming from to the best of my knowledge and how might what i'm saying affect them you know why why would this be happening right uh you know and i have a question for you about that because it okay. has to do with boundaries so okay. if we're speaking to someone and they are clearly you know their words are saying one thing and their countenance is saying something else or their tone of voice how yeah. much do we acknowledge that without being offensive or um, putting the, putting them on the defensive. Yeah, you know what I say almost always, and this is there's going to be variance here. I say call it out, and and you don't even have to be in a curious way, right? Yes. Instead of instead of sort of saying, "Hey, why are you doing this when it looks like you're doing this?" Because that's ego. That's like somehow you're offended by it. Instead, I think a really productive way of doing it. And I say this to women all the time, especially women who are struggling, clients who are struggling with um, being at work and getting talked over all the time, uh, people speaking to them like they're stupid, uh, being not not being taken seriously, and really and you know really feeling that, um, and and sort of getting past the self doubt about that right? We say, oh, it must be me. I must be imagining it, blah, blah, blah. I'm always like, no, you're not. You're absolutely sensing it. And here's the thing. And I always say, and we don't need to um, tiptoe around it. If somebody's interrupting you, they're fucking interrupting you. And you can say, hey, I noticed that you keep interrupting me. I'm going to ask questions at the end, but right now it's actually really affecting how I can, how I can present this properly. Would you mind just waiting until the end, right? And how, like, everybody knows this person is interrupting. You're fully within your rights, but you're also, that's your boundary. Don't interrupt me, right? A normal, it, should be, it shouldn't have to be said, but it is. Yes. And so I always think, if somebody's saying one thing to me, but they're clearly behaving in another way, I like to say, you know what, I need to clarify something with you because the tone in which you're presenting this to me, to me feels like this. But the words that you're saying are these words and it doesn't mix with me. So can you help me understand what I'm missing? And then you put the onus back on them. Like, well, that's a great strategy. My husband is an attorney. Oh, yeah. 
and so he, you know, he um, asks a lot of questions. <laughs> Does he call you out? <laughs> oh, every once in a while, it sucks say, when it comes around to you, right? You're like, well, oh. I mean, I mean, you've got to be in the household for some of this, and every once in a while, I'd like crack wise to him i'll say you know do you have the transcript of this conversation so we can go back and so, so he will be with a client and he said that he was in he was taking someone's deposition and the the guy was giving these pretty benign answers and my husband's name is ken he said you know you said this but you you seem angry and it opened a door. The, the guy said, I am angry. And it was a, against the litigant, I guess, um, or against the the person being defended. It was it, it was against the the wrongdoer. He said, I worked for this company and I didn't like some of their methods. And I felt like they were not being honest about the things that they were doing. And because of that, these types of things kept happening. So I left the company. And it was it was gold, you know. It was gold for my husband's case for his, you know, his client, because he was getting all this information. But it was all noticing how the guy was sitting, you know, mm -hmm. what his posture was. That he clearly had a tone in his voice that s sounded on edge, even though it was that mm -hmm. equivalent of. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, yes, exactly. And and this is 100% the reasons why we have emojis, right? Because you can, you can take a look at that answer and you can read it a hundred different ways depending on what you're projecting onto the situation. And it might be absolutely different than what the other person intended. Absolutely. And that happens with people who are our nearest and dearest that might not interpret something oh, yeah. that we just meant as a joke. So what what's the impact of that on somebody who barely knows us? Yes. Yes. Although I do tend I, th I tend to think we're more forgiving with people we don't know as well. <laughs> we tend to really lay into the ones we do know so with what whatever only, our priorities you, are. <laughs> right. We, we always, you only hurt the ones you love. You yeah. Know, like, like like that's a badge of honor. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, but look, I, I love you so much that I'm willing to say that shit to you. Um I know. I love I love this and I'm I I um I'm aware of our time here and I wanna I wanna thank you so much for 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 talking for so long. And I just I wanna go back to what you just said too, because I think this is really cool. And it's some it's you know, it's talking about it's thinking about the law as well, because you brought up um your husband's a lawyer. And I worked in a law school for the last 11 years. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, I did not know that. Okay. Yeah, so many, many more connections here. Yeah. Yeah. You've yeah, exactly. I'm not there any longer. I left a year ago, but I was very entrenched in uh, all things related to the law. What I love about what's happening with the law lately and about how we're starting to perceive communication especially when it comes to feminism really mm -hmm. is that we are no longer just taking what was said as the be all and end all so you know thinking specifically of issues of consent mm -hmm. uh, when we're talking about assault and we are now understanding 
and you know, I, I always feel like when it, when it gets into the realm of law, when it gets talked about in that, then we start to have a, a broader understanding of it. And so now we are understanding that there are so many subtleties. And again, I'm just talking about consent. There's so many different things to think about that we need to, the onus now is on us to really listen and be observant of the other person to make an informed choice as to whether or not they're giving us consent. And I think that, you know, these are the, I've got my rose colored glasses on right now, but I think that over time, this will make us be better humans overall because we will be in better practice of not just listening to words, but, but of understanding intent, of understanding subtext, of understanding body language, all of the ways that we communicate and not just relying on the words. I agree with you. I'm really optimistic about what's to come because I think it's so much better, so much better. Ask me how many women I know who were sexually harassed and ended up never working in their field again. Not that it doesn't still happen, but not at the same scale. And I don't want to make this about women. I think it happens to all kinds of people, but we are doing much better than I think that we portray ourselves as doing. Sometimes it can look at, oh no, it's gloom and doom and terrible, but it's not. We we are evolving. And sometimes that evolution means that there's going to be a step back or a step in a direction that perhaps we were either unwilling or unprepared to take. We might not like it and we don't have to, but I think that we go towards what's good. I think ultimately that we want to, we want to, our intent is good. Sometimes our actions betray that, but mm. I, I think that's being a human and being fully flawed and not always thinking through what those consequences are. Yeah, that, yeah, I, 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 I like that take for sure. Um, I also want to acknowledge, you know, uh, being in a privileged position and feeling that way. You know what I mean? Like, yes. <laughs> I think that's, yeah. And and so, you know, it's, it's, I think it's, it's lucky that I'm able to see a brighter future, I guess. And and I I guess what I mean to say is that I acknowledge that, uh, that not everybody can, and that there's still a lot of work to do, but I do think you're right. Like counting your wins, looking sort of like looking, um, looking at the trajectory really important because if we do feel like it's just shit all the time it's just never you can't you can't um if you're if you're if you feel that way all the time it's so hard to do productive things to to move forward and so acknowledging uh the wins as well as the work still to be done absolutely for it all I'm going to throw it. a little challenge out there too, because okay. one of one of my voice teachers, um, her name is Ellie Ray, and she is a, a, a proud uh, Ellie citizen. Ray. Yeah, you know, Ellie. not Ellie Ray Hennessy. Yes. No. Of course, Ellie Ray. She's a her Canadian. Love. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
I have studied with her. She's fabulous. One of the things that she, in one of her classes, because she came to the Boston area once and we've kept in touch. I still work with her once in a while. Oh my God. But but she had this (laughs) challenge of go out and just start saying hello to people. Just say hello. Just say hi. Just like what you were talking about. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you've met Ellie. She's a character. Dude, I have seen Ellie in some wild, wild performance art. Oh my God. Performance art outfits. She is, she's the queen, but yeah. she is unapologetically herself. Mm-hmm. And as she's doing it, she before is, it was cool to be too. Before it was cool. And she is spreading the love. Yeah. So say hello, spread the love, um, wear some crazy hat. <laughs> it can't hurt. I love it. I love it. I love that we're going to end our conversation on Ellie Ray Hennessy. Right? <laughs> that Ellie, was expected. We, we love you, Ellie Ray. <laughs> oh, do we ever. Big time. Uh, listen, Liz, where can people find out more about you? Because we've, we've talked a lot, but I want people to know um, how, how, to, how to learn more about you. Absolutely. I have a website, lizsolar.com. It's L-I-Z-S-O-L-A-R very short, sweet, simple. Um, I do voice acting. I have uh, another website, Acts of Revision. And Acts of Revision is all all things writerly. So go there and have some fun. We talk about, you know, sometimes just the craft of writing, sometimes how our lives are affected in our writing or how our lives affect our writing. Sometimes we get very topical and get up in our little high horses. Um, and the other places embark the podcast. So you can find that on lizsolar.com as well. And this is just delightful. We have to keep meeting like this. I know. I feel so lucky. You know, I, 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 uh, you just, you never know you, you're out there looking for people and, and to be on your podcast or to be on their podcast. And you don't always know, uh, if you're going to click, but uh, this is the second conversation I've had with you where an hour's gone by in about two minutes. I know, I know. <laughs> Talkers talk, baby. It's true. I know. I love it. Well, listen, and I'll be putting all of the links to uh, to Liz's stuff in the show notes. Thank you so much, Liz. Thanks for coming on here and and being really open and 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 talking about the you know wide variety of things that we got to today. Yeah, thank you, Megan. Back at you. This is really fun. I don't know why it still amazes me so much when people I know from the various points in my life know other people from various points in my life, especially in a different country. But anyway, there you have it. Isn't Liz a lovely presence to be around? Make sure you go and check out her stuff. It's all in the show notes. As for me, I'm Megan Hamilton. I am a speaking visibility and confidence coach. You can find me at ubuskills.com. All of the music that you're listening to within this show is mine. I'm also a musician. You can find out how to grab it in the show notes. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe, leave us comments, leave us some stars, help us spread the word. I love making this podcast and I hope you love listening to it. Have a wonderful week and we will talk to you soon.